The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Live, local, late-breaking. This is a Cigar Dave News Bulletin. Well, the news came last night that Cuban commie bastard dictator thug Fidel Castro finally dead, gone, sayonara, adios mofo at the age of 90. And as I tweeted out upon learning the news, may he rot in hell. May Castro rot in hell for the misery he inflicted on the Cuban people the past 57 going on 58 years, January 1, 2017. We have a special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, obviously with the death of Fidel Castro and its impact not only on the citizens of Cuba, but clearly on many in the cigar industry Many people who are the big names that you know in the cigar industry from the Padrones and the Perdomos and the Toranos, they experienced, and, and, and Ernesto Perez Carrillo, they experienced the brutality. They experienced the theft that Fidel Castro perpetuated on the Cuban people. Long Ash greetings and salutations, a Long Ash celebratory Castro is finally gone. Snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. We rejoice in the fact that one of the world's and history's worst people is dead. He is off the planet. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. I should tell you that we had planned a special encore presentation highlighting the Oktoberfest and Bourbon Heritage Month maneuvers that we uh, conducted on the Cigar Dave Show over September, October on this Thanksgiving Day holiday weekend because we went into hiatus for the entire week. However, this was so big, we had no choice that I am, for the first half hour of this show, going to spend time on Fidel Castro. And we also have some other, some really sad news. Castro going, leaving, bye-bye, passing away, that is a delight. That is good news. But we have some sad news that affected one of our crew members, and we will get to that in just a few moments. But let's start for now on Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro, as I have said in the 21 years that I have been the presenter on the Cigar Dave Show, hosting this show, I have said I will never, ever step foot on Cuban soil as long as a Castro is alive or as long as communism under the Castro regime is still alive and well in Cuba. I've been invited on many trips. I've been invited on hosted trips by Habanos. I have been asked to go on 
trade and 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 other missions to Cuba now that they're here in the cigar city of Tampa there have been many leaders uh, many missions that have been that have gone down to Cuba and at every step of the way I have refused now while others may roll over and have no integrity or credibility I do and I understand exactly what it means for a political dictator to come into power and seize the possessions the property, the dignity, and the freedom of its citizenry. I know this because my mother experienced it when she had to flee Egypt in 1959 because of religious persecution. And the same can be said for all those people we know, those names that we know of people that are in the cigar industry. And I mentioned a few of them, and there are many, 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 many. But let's take a look at Fidel Castro. Let's go back, if we will. For just one moment, to the Cuban Revolution, let's look at history. Because Carlos Torano of Torano Cigars, who went through the revolution, Benji Menendez, whose family owned Mendez, Menendez and Garcia that made the Ache Upman and the Monte Cristo, they told me the stories, what really happened. Now, much like we saw Obama come to power here in the United States, we saw people believe the rhetoric. He's going to be a changer. He's going to be a healer. He's going to bridge the divide. People fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And for many years, there was the government, the dictator, Fulgencio Batista, who ran Cuba, and uh, without any question, he was not a saint. Compared to Castro, he was. But you had Castro and his band of revolutionaries that came in from the Cuban mountains saying that they would bring freedom to Cuba. They would bring fairness to all. And who were some of the people that supported the revolution? It were the wealthy, the business people, the people who owned the cigar manufacturers, the Torano family, the Menendez family. And they both told me, Carlos Torano, Benji Menendez, said, General, honest to God as I look at you, we believed that he was going to change this country. He sat with us. He told us he was going to change things for the better, that there would be, be freedom for all. We were the ones that supported him. We gave him the funds. We believed it hook, line, and sinker. And what did he do shortly after seizing power with his band of thug mercenaries on January 1, 2000, or 1959? Within a short time, matter of months, he nationalized all the industries in Cuba. Knew exactly what he was going to do, much like Barack Obama. He was going to be a revolutionary, or a change, a revolution, a revolutionary change artist, a con artist. And so he went to the cigar manufacturers. He went to the Menendez family. He went to the Torano family. He went to many other families that had cigar factories and said, I now own your factories. And you have two choices. You either work for me or you leave, and you have 24 hours to make a decision. Some cases a little bit more. He was generous, and they left. They left with barely their dignity, but they left with something in their brain. That is the knowledge, the know-how to create great cigars, and many people left. You take a look at the people that were in the rum business, people that were in the mining business. They all left, the Bacardi's. They left, but they brought with them the intelligence, the knowledge of how to make their product. And they were not deterred as they went to the Canary Islands, and they went to Jamaica, and they went to Spain, and they went to the United States. 
Fidel Castro, as we look at his life, I'm not shedding one tear for this commie, pinko, rat, bastard. He was a tyrant dictator. He imprisoned, he jailed, he tortured political dissidents, people that disagreed with him. He confiscated possessions and businesses and took people's dignity. He was a thief. In Yiddish, there's a great word, ganif, and that means a thief. He was a thief. He was a ganif. He took businesses. He took property. He didn't care. And in the process, he became one of the world's wealthiest people, billions and billions. But along the way, not only did his sister and his daughter leave because they knew what a rat bastard commie pinko prick he was, many others left too. Many other people risked their lives to come to the United States. Now, as Fidel Castro has died, of course, obviously, the world's leaders are reacting. So first of all, I love Donald Trump's tweet this morning. It was succinct. It was right to the point. It was a stroke of brilliance. Fidel Castro is dead, exclamation point. And I stated in a tweet last night that there is no doubt, or maybe I did it on Facebook, one of the social media, that there is no question that Fidel Castro, that Barack Obama would find a way to frame Castro in a positive light. Well, here is Barack Obama's statement on Fidel Castro's death. Quote, at this time of Fidel Castro's passing, we extend a hand of friendship to the Cuban people. We know that this moment fills Cubans in Cuba and in the United States with powerful emotions, recalling the countless ways in which Fidel Castro altered the course of individual lives, families, and of the Cuban nation. History will record and judge the enormous impact of the singular figure on the people and world around him. Yeah, he was a commie, ruthless prick. That's how the world will judge him, Barack Obama. I continue. For nearly six decades, the relationship between the U.S. and Cuba was marked by discord and profound political disagreements. During my presidency, here it is, it's all about Obama now, my, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. During my presidency, we have worked hard to put the past behind us. Gee, I wonder if he forgets the fact that it was Castro that invited Khrushchev to put all those nuclear missiles pointed at the United States, and it was Castro that encouraged Khrushchev to start firing them. I wonder if Barack Obama forgets about that. He goes on, he says, During my presidency, we work hard to put the past behind us, pursuing a future in which the relationship between our two countries is defined not by our differences, but by the many things we share as neighbors and friends. Now, we're friends with the Cuban people. Because the Cuban people don't want to live under the communist thug regime of the Castros. But let's make one thing clear. The Cuban government and the leaders of the commie Cuban government, they are not our friends. They are the enemies of the world. They are the enemies of the Cuban people. They are the enemy of any person that believes in freedom. Period. End of discussion. I continue. The two countries define not by our differences, but by the many things that we share as neighbors and friends, bonds of family, culture, commerce, and common humanity. This engagement includes the contributions of Cuban Americans who have done so much for our country and who care deeply about their loved ones in Cuba. Today, we offer condolences to Fidel Castro's family. No, we don't. I don't. I'm celebrating. I'm going to open up a wonderful libation and have a fantastic cigar. I'm happy. I'd like to play Cool in the Gang celebration. If we didn't play it, a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when Trump was elected, we'd play it again. 
But I don't offer any condolences to Fidel Castro's family. I'm glad that prick and son of a bitch is gone. Period. He can join Adolf Hitler, and he can join all the other commie pinko bastard tyrants that have a very special place rotting in hell. Obama goes on to say, Our thoughts and prayers are with the Cuban people. In the days ahead, they will recall the past and also look to the future. As they do, the Cuban people must know they have a friend and partner in the United States of America. Thank goodness President-elect Trump will be taking day uh, office in a very short time, in less than two months. Because we won't have a president that tries to extol the virtues of one of the world's ruthless dictators that will go down in history as one of the worst men ever on the planet. Jimmy Carter, that brilliant man. Roslyn and I share our sympathies with the Castro family and the Cuban people on the death of Fidel Castro. We remember fondly our visits with him in Cuba and his love of his country. We wish the Cuban citizens peace and prosperity in the years ahead. I could go on and on. Uh, I mean, here's Enrique Peño Nieto, the president of Mexico. I lament the death of Fidel Castro, leader of the Cuban Revolution and the emblematic reference of the 20th century. Fidel was a friend of Mexico, a promoter of bilateral relationship based in respect, dialogue, and solidarity. Oh, President Peña Nieto forgot to remember that Castro is also a promoter of death, of violence, and imprisoning those people that had the audacity to disagree with him. I could go on and on and on. And I'll tell you what. Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, another piece of work. It is with deep sorrow that I learned today of the death of Cuba's longest-serving president. Fidel Castro was a larger-than-life leader who served his people for almost half a century. A legendary revolutionary in order, Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. Righto, Justin, while torturing and stealing the businesses and property of his very people, the very people that you say he helped and made significant improvements to their lives. Bull-oney. I don't even want to read the rest of the statement because Justin Trudeau is a schmuck. He is a putz. He's a total idiot. He said it was just, I'm very proud to call him a friend and have the opportunity to meet Fidel when my father passed. A real honor to meet his three sons and his brother Raul during my recent visit. We join the people of Cuba in mourning the loss of this remarkable leader. No, he was a remarkable son of a bitch, prick, commie, pinko, bastard, dictator. Period. Period. And I guarantee you, right now I know what's going on in Miami. I'm watching it. I've got one of the TVs on right in front of Versailles, one of my favorite restaurants, along with La Carreta in Ancayocho in Little Havana. They are celebrating. These were people that had to flee, that lost everything. These were people that had to be separated from their families. These were people who wanted nothing more than freedom. But Fidel Castro chased them out. Fidel Castro has entombed and shrined his people in 58 going on 59 years, 57 going on 58 years of a miserable existence where they get their little rations of beans and rice and try to beg and plead just to live a halfway decent life and have to get uh, money, dollars, from their relatives in the U.S., I, for one, am encouraging the Cuban people now to rise up. Fidel Castro is gone, dead. His spirit is left. He's never coming back. That was the, what that great movie, Sen of a Woman, with, uh, with uh, what was his name? Not Robert De Niro, the other actor who was in uh, Scarface. Uh, Al Pacino. 
He's gone. The spirit is dead. He's never coming back. Thank goodness. I implore them, rise up. Take to the streets. The army will lay their weapons down. You can beat and defeat this small gang of commie thugs. Freedom for Cuba. Freedom for Cuba. Libertad for Cuba. Castro, one down. One more Castro prick son of a bitch to go. Very quickly here, before we take a break and get into litation, sad news to report today. Mick the Brit, the colonel in charge of our European theater of operations, his father had been in ill health, declining health, the last number of months. I received word in the early hours this morning that Mick's father, Brian Smith, passed away last night at the age of 78. He was surrounded by uh, Mick's mother as well as Mick, and he, he passed away peacefully. Mick said uh, he was a true alpha. If there was a bread strike or gas shortage, he would know somebody that could get a hold of a loaf of bread or a can of gas, a true alpha. So our condolences on behalf of everyone here at the Cigar Dave Show, all of our crew, to Mick and his mother, the entire Mick the Brit family. May your father, Brian Smith, May 20th, 1938 to November 26, 2016, rest in peace. We remember him today and our condolences on behalf of all of the Alpha Army to Mick and his family. The Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line is set for Saturday, February 4th, 2017 at Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Diamond Crown Cigars. As they introduce the new Diamond Crown Black Diamond, enjoy an enormous Alpha Male Buffet, great libations including Woodford Reserve, Craft Beer, Alpha Male Camaraderie, and Diamond Crown Cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line are on sale now. Don't wait. Get them at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. 
This is the General inviting you to join me for a day of absolute alpha male pleasure maneuvers. It's the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line Saturday, February 4th, 2017 from Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa. Our day will begin at 10 a.m. You'll get five great cigars from J.C. Newman and Diamond Crown, including the brand new Black Diamond, a full scrumptious alpha male lunch buffet. You will get samplings from Dunedin Brewing, great craft beers, and incredible Spirits tastings from Jack Daniels, including the Jack Daniels Sinatra, Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Cooper's Craft, and many more. You'll get a Cigar Dave embroidered briefcase. It's a great day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Tickets are all VIP and all-inclusive. Go to CigarDave.com for info and tickets. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa. Go to CigarDave.com now for info and tickets. CigarDave.com. Buy your tickets now. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I can think of no better cigar to enjoy for litation today to celebrate Fidel Castro's demise, his death, and I hope it was a painful one. I hope it was brutally miserable. The same misery he inflicted on all his citizens and people for the past 58 years. But I have pulled out a Monte Cristo Classic Number no. 2. This is a beautiful cigar, 6 and an 8, 52 ring gauge. It's mild. The reason I selected, because Benji Menendez, Mendez and, Menendez and Garcia, his family were the family that produced this cigar that were expelled from Cuba. So I'm going to cut this. I'm going to gently toast the foot of this. And as I do, we're going to remember Mick the Brit's father, Brian Smith, with the only way that I know how. And that is with a bottle of mixed favorite beer, or correction, a can of mixed favorite beer, some Guinness draft. And I raise my can of Guinness and I say, rest in peace, Brian Smith. And from all of us to the Smith family, our condolences. I will take a sip in his memory. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show. This is The General. Have a special announcement we will conduct a special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, a televised edition 
of the Cigar Dave Show. It will be Cigar Dave Primetime this coming Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time from Burn by Rocky Patel down in Naples. We will have Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, other guests as we come to you from the magnificent Rocky Patel Burn Lounge. Again, it is this coming Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Go to CigarDave.com for info on how to view. You'll be able to view on your mobile device, online at CigarDave.com, as well as YouTube Live. Just head over to CigarDave.com. We'll have all the details for you. Again, Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition, Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. This Wednesday, join us. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Well, when we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest and we combine cigars and beers, we have to conduct beer-tasting maneuvers. So, Bruce Horsley of Shipyard Brewing, you have brought me into your incredible tasting room, which, by the way, I understand has just been expanded. That, well, we used to be able to seat about 40 people. Now we can, what, Leo, a couple hundred maybe if we get lucky? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're definitely over 100. So, if you build it, they will come. Anyway, Leo is our tasting manager, and I'd like him to walk you through the four beers we put in front of you. All right, so Leo, I'll have you uh, guide us through the difference. The numbers we have are 25714. So, I'll have you go through each of those numbers and what it corresponds to and give us a little uh, background on each beer, if you would. Absolutely, yeah. So, number two is Pumpkinhead. Uh, it's definitely our best seller. It comes out in the fall every year. Um, Last year, it accounted for about 45% of our sales. Uh, it's a pumpkin cinnamon spice, kind of lighter wheat ale. Number five here is Little Horror of Hops. Um, it's a rye IPA. So it uses a rye malt, West Coast hops. Definitely not the hoppiest IPA we have, but it's definitely up there. Uh, the recipe changed this, this year, actually, to make it a little more hoppy, even. Um, seven is what we call a pilot beer. It's brand new. It's not really released yet. It's up here. It's kind of a trial. Uh, it's brewed with fireberry tea instead of hops. So kind of trying to try something new there. And then number 14, a coffee porter. Uh, it's brewed with cold brew coffee from Adventurous Joe's Coffee, uh, which is here in Falmouth, Maine. We're right in the next town over. All right, so we'll start with the pumpkin head, pumpkin wheat ale. And you said that represents about 45% of Shipyard Brewing's sales. So clearly that is what we would call your flagship beer. And it's interesting because when you think of most breweries, you think it's going to be like an IPA or a lager, but your, pump, your, your uh, pumpkin head, by far and away, Number one. Well, to that point, the pumpkin head is a wheat ale, so it's a little softer drink. It's not that strong. It's 4.6%. Um, it's got a little bit of sweetness because of the cinnamon and the nutmeg and clove. So it's a very easy beer to drink for a lot of people who are new to craft. Very easy beer to drink for women. But even the craft beer lover, the, the, um, the beer snob, even loves this beer. And the beer is very versatile. We typically serve, serve it with a cinnamon sugar room in the glass, and a lot of people like to drop in a, bo- a glass of, um, I'm sorry, a shot of vanilla or whipped or cream vodka or perhaps even spiced rum into the beer. Well, you know the definition of a great beer? A strong beer? One that sells. 
<laughs> I always say, give the people what they want. That's exactly right. So I'll say, cheers, we'll taste this. And again, this is a wheat, uh, uh, the, the pumpkin head is a wheat ale, so it'll be a little softer. Incredible aroma. Mmm. Wow. That is incredibly sweet. You know, there's this trend towards these double IPAs and IPAs and very fuller-flavored beers for many of the craft brewers. So this is a pleasant delight to have something that can be enjoyed any time of day or night. Now, next we're going to move to number five on our list, which is the Little Horror of Hops, a seasonal rye IPA, 5.9% alcohol by volume. So uses, obviously, rye in the, uh, in the wort. So the little horror of hops, you get a lot of hop character, um, but we're using rye instead of malted barley. Rye gives it a little spicy characteristic. And the name emanates from a couple years ago, the Maine Brewers Guild had a festival where everybody was charged with developing a beer named after a Bill Murray film. We chose the film Little Shop of Horrors. We proceeded to name the beer the Little Hop of Horrors, and we were quickly notified by the trademark holder of the film that that would be an infringement and we should stop. So we just reworded it to the little horror of hops. But it gives you a great story. It's a great story, and it's a perfect brand for this time of year with Halloween coming up. Absolutely. So, and we also feel like it doesn't cannibalize or compete with our pumpkin beer because it's a completely different style. It's a rye IPA. The IPA drinker is a very different consumer than the pumpkin drinker. I should say that the pumpkin head, when we look at the color, it's almost a, uh, I would say, a deep uh, gold color. And when you look at the little, I've got to say that correctly, little horror of hops, it's certainly deeper and darker, almost slightly amber. Well, you get that color from the rye, and you should get a little bit of dryness in the back, and that is also not just the hops, the rye also creates that as well. All right, so we'll say cheers, and we'll, cheers the, there cheers we go. Cheers the rye IPA. Got to get that clink, that's our tradition on the show. Definitely more tang, if you will, on the back. A little bit more hoppiness, but not overpowering. Still very pleasant. But a lingering dryness. Yep. Yeah. And that is, uh, hopefully, it makes you thirsty for another sip and it keeps coming back for more. But yeah, it's a, it's a dry beer. And like I said, that's both the rye and the hops that lead to that. But I got a very nice little tanginess and a little bit of a kick at the very back of the palate from that rye. That's the rye, precisely. Mm -hmm. You've got a good palate, Dave. Less from all these years of smoking cigars. Smoking cigars, sampling libations, craft beers, uh, uh, Tennessee whiskey, scotch. Absolutely, that's part of it. And again, I'm taking all these for the team, Bruce. Someone has to do it. All right, now next we're going to move to number seven, which is the Sea Dog Brewer's Choice Fireberry Ice Beer. So this is an interesting project. And in fact, uh, I'm hoping that a lot of your listeners who know you from uh, Tampa can make it to our Clearwater Brewery because this was the, um, the uh, R&D center for this product. First brewed down in Clearwater and then we started brewing up here in Maine. What we've done is we've substituted tea uh, for the hops. Now it's not just tea like your grandmother's tea, like Earl Grey, Orange Pico. This tea is a, a proprietary blend that's been created by our partners at the Tiesta Tea Company in Chicago, Illinois. It is a blend of um, Yerba mate, rooibos, hibiscus, cranberry leaves, um, orange peel, blackberry leaves. Um, it is a tea that has it's been um, uh, it's been formulated to give you energy, good health, and immunity. And so, the amount of tea you would use in a pot of tea, a pot of tea at home, is the exact same amount of tea we're using to make this beer. 
So you actually will get those benefits by drinking this beer. And I said, I, I'm so used to saying iced tea that I call it Fireberry Ice Beer when it's Fireberry Tea Beer. So we will say cheers here. Cheers to Fireberry. There you go. Mm. Right off the bat, I could smell the berry notes right on the nose. And again, this has a dark reddish, almost a very, really a dark, I would say a rosado color. I'll take another sip. Wow. That, you could drink this all day. Yeah, it's interesting. The color comes from, uh, I forgot to mention, rose hips, mm. uh, dried cranberry, and blackberry leaves. So you get that magenta, almost like a deep red color. Um, and you're, again, Dave, you've got a good palate, a good nose. All that fruit comes out right up front, and then it finishes with, with that tea on the back. And the thing about tea is there's tannin in tea, as there is in wine, which substitutes that bitterness in the hops, because you need a balance with all the sweetness from the malt. And the tannin and tea provides the balance from the, in the beer. But a li- you definitely taste the berry. You can definitely taste the tea. A little bit of subtle sweetness, not overpowering hoppiness. Let me ask you, on the pumpkin head, we know that's available nationwide. Yeah. Okay, and the next beer, the Little Horror of Hop Seasonal Rye IPA? Pumpkin head is definitely year, uh, uh, excuse me, not year-round. It's only three months of the year. Across but the it, country. But it is cross-country. The Little Horror of Hops, a little more spotty than that here in New England for sure. And the uh, tea berry will be released in the spring of 2017. So this isn't even released yet? No, this is still in the R&D process. I'm sorry, Fireberry. Uh, yeah, so we'll see that hopefully in package by April of next year. All right, well, I'm telling you, Lieutenants, the Sea Dog Brewery uh, Fireberry Tea Beer that will be available next year that we're sampling now six months ahead, I will guarantee when you taste this, you will absolutely love it, and it will go fabulous. Perfect time to release it. Spring gets warmer. You want something cool and refreshing, a little bit light, the Sea Dog Brewers Choice Fireberry Tea Beer will be perfect. We're at Hamburg Brewing Company in Hamburg, New York, just south of my hometown of Buffalo. John Russo Sr., John Russo Jr., the owners and proprietors of Hamburg Brewing, joining me. Now, what was the first beer when you started uh, about three years ago brewing? What was the first beer that you released? Uh, the first beer we released, actually, we'll call it brewed because we released about four at the same time. But the first one we brewed was uh, our White Corner Wheat, which was named after the original t- um, name of Hamburg back in the 1800s called White's Corner. Uh, we don't have it on the menu at the moment. No, I was just looking for it on the menu. It's out for a couple weeks. It'll be back actually probably next week. Uh, but it is a basic just wheat ale, uh, and it's actually packed with flavor for how basic it is. Simple, simple to make. Uh, the right combination of ingredients really bring out a lot of a lot of stuff in there. So, uh, but simultaneously, small town came came out, and that's been our uh, our breadwinner since we opened. It's a Belgian style saison, uh, and it's been our most popular hands down since. For three years. And that's what I'm enjoying right now, about five, uh, just over 5% alcohol by volume. I'd say it's uh, light and bright. It's a very easy drinking beer that's packed with flavor for 5%. Uh, you've got a little bubblegum, banana, clove on the nose, and then it actually fades uh, into a nice, crisp, citrusy finish when you drink it. And then next after Small Town, what did you release? Two others, you said? Uh, we released our IPA. And No Lux, which is a black IPA, which was our kind of cutting-edge beer at the time. Um, the style that's not wildly popular, but people love that beer. 
uh, more than anything. Also not on the menu at the moment. So you went four right off the bat, which is usually that's pretty unusual. Most people will do one initially to get it going. What was the rationale behind launching four at one time? We wanted to see what would stick. So we there you threw go. a few out there. Not long after, we had our Oktoberfest out, uh, which is a traditional German-style Marzen. Uh, we followed up with an Irish Red, uh, which is a very popular style for us as well. So the Oktoberfest was released thereafter, and Small Town is still, would you say, your flagship beer? Yes. Uh, we'll call it the flagship. I, I generally don't like using the word because we like to throw so much variety out there, but uh, that is that is the one that is number one for us, and uh, that's generally how it's referred to. So how was the reception? You launched all four at once. Uh, when you released them, did you just release them here at the uh, brew pub, or was it distributing through your distributor here in Buffalo, Soda Brothers? We were actually self-distributing at the time. For the first 10 months, uh, it was myself, for the most part, out of the back of a pickup truck running kegs around town, and that's how we started. Uh, we did that for about a month until we got the pub ready to open, and uh, then after that, it was uh, floodgates. So <laughs> That was it? Yep. <laughs> so which beer came out of the gate, out of the chute, roaring fast? Small town, for Small sure. Town. I, you know, I, I used it as an opportunity for a lot of bars and restaurants um, to round out their portfolio. Not a lot of guys had a refreshing, approachable Belgian-style beer on, uh, and that was something that kind of that kind of stuck. You know, everyone's got IPAs and stouts and stuff like that, which of course we do too. Uh, but that one kind of grabbed hold and, and took off. So we've got the small town, a Beg Belgian Saison style ale, just light and bright, very refreshing, some citrus notes, a little bit of uh, sweetness at the end. Not very hoppy. Not very hoppy, no. Now, at the time when you first distributed, just available in kegs primarily through restaurants and bars? For the first, how many months was that? It was about a year and a half. We were just draft only. Uh, and last July, we fired up our new bottling line and, and put it into 12-ounce and 750-milliliter bottles. As I remember last year during the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in 2015, we had bottles, so it was just around that time that you were releasing the bottle. They were very fresh bottles. <laughs> fresh and ready to go, and you yep. want fresh in terms of beer. Cigars you want nice and aged. Beer you want relatively fresh. John Sr., let me bring you in after the four, you release the four, Small Town takes off. Where do you go from there at that point? That was around 2015, so just about a year ago, and big growth in the last year. All the supermarkets have been very good to us, and um, we've had this discussion lately about having a, the core styles out there, you know, like the backbone of the company, and, and, and rotating seasonals in and out, and as John said, it's, you know, it's getting harder and harder to get tap handles. And, um, I sometimes feel like we're competing against ourselves mm -hmm. with, with the seasonals because uh, I, I, I firmly believe you have to have the core brands. And right. We, we came out with that new package not too long ago, the Core 4, which is our you know four mainstay beers that we, we do all year long. And, um, and what are those four? The Hoppenstance, the IPA, the uh, Irish Red, and the Small Town. And John Jr., let's go through those because the Small Town we talked about, talk about the Hoppenstance. Hoppenstance is our double IPA. Um, it's about 8% ABV. It's got uh, several hop varieties, but the primary one that you're going to notice is a variety called Simcoe, and that provides a great deal of citrus and grapefruit flavors, uh, and it is a very clean, very easy drinking 
8% double IPA. It's not as chewy as some of them out there. Uh, we designed it to be a little smoother and a little simpler. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. There are eight, actually nine steps to creating beer. First is your ingredients. And the second is mashing of the grains, steeping grains in hot water for an hour between 142 to 159 degrees. Sparging, rinsing the sugar out of the grains, creating the wort. Boiling for about an hour. Number five is adding the hops is where we left off. And Connor, you just gave me, and Jeff, you just gave me a, a half a glass here of hops. And these are what? Citra. Citra. This popular hop? Very. Okay. Especially among the IPAs. That, w that was one that sold out because everyone wanted it last year. I'm getting notes of pininess, fruitiness, floral, little citrus. Mm -hmm. Very incredible. Now, these come in like little pellets. Is that how they're grown, or are they created into they're, pellets? They're, they're grown in these little cones, but pellets are easier to transport because an ounce of, of uh, whole leaf hops can actually go bad a lot quicker. And they, they, it's about, you know, it's a lot larger. 
So this, they, they just pulverize them and put them through an extruder that then puts them into pellets. Gotcha. So this is really... more consistent what, and even in about them all, too. This is what gives the beer a lot of flavor, a lot of the various tasting notes, whether it's real hoppy, those bitterness units, or the other taste that you would get on the palate. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we go to chilling. So the beer is boiled for just about an hour and or so. And you're adding the hops throughout. You're adding the hops. Okay. Then you go to chilling. Now, as I was saying about earlier, uh, with the hops, the when you add them changes whether you're going to get bitterness from it, aroma from it, or uh, flavor from it. So if it takes you an hour, two hours to chill it down, all those aroma hops you put in have been in hot water for long enough where they become bittering hops. So the quicker you can chill it, the more you can retain the flavors that you want. Also, the less chance for infection you have. All right, and below 80 degrees. Mm -hmm. What's the rough temperature you chill it at? I usually go for about 75. 75 degrees. Yeah, because so that's if it's too high, you're going to kill the yeast. If it's too cold, it's just going to keep the yeast asleep. Yeast gotcha. are your friends. You, you, you want to make the environment for them really uh, um, happy. Well, when it comes to beer, beast is your, uh, yeast is your friend. Not in, a, not in everything, though, however. All right, so the next thing is pitching the yeast. This is where you give life to your beer. This is where it becomes... Beer. Uh, well, yeah, that's a living thing. I mean, yeast is... This is a beautiful thing. You can make alcohol. You can make CO2. So, I mean, it's just, this is where the, the life comes to it. Comes and there are different types of yeast. There are. There's different... Different strains. strains. Yeah. Different strains from different regions, and they have different quali you know, qualities each, each one might produce. Same with water. Water and yeast are, are um, you know, related to the regions they come from. Okay. So then you pitch the yeast, and, and how this, long... This is the only time, after you've cooled it down... Sanitation is a very key. Okay. You don't want infections of other bacterias, of wild yeasts. This is where you can get some really bad off flavors. So once you've chilled it, you've sanitized everything that's going to touch your beer at this point. It's still considered wart until the yeast is added. But sanitation is absolutely key. Okay. So you pitch the yeast. Then what happens? Step eight. You close it in the, ferment in the fermenter and you add an airlock or... Have a um, beer. Yeah, you, you should have been drinking the whole should time. Should have been drinking the whole time. That's true. Okay. Um, you make it so that nothing can get into it. So there's blow-off tubes, which basically, or an airlock, which just lets the CO2 the yeast is creating come out, but nothing come in. Okay. So fermentation, how long? About a month. A month. So basically, you, you, when you pitch the yeast, you then, uh, you're putting the yeast into a, a new container? Into, or you're putting in, it into the fermenter. Into the fermenter. Gotcha. So you take the wort, the boiled wort, that has the hops, you chill it down, then you put it into the fermenter along with the yeast for 30 days. Now, difference between a lager and an ale involves the... You go back to temperature. 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 Um, lager yeast typically ferments around 55 degrees, and ale yeast typically ferment between 62 to 72 degrees. And one is a top fermenting and the other is a bottom fermenting. For the most part, yes. For the most part. Okay, gotcha. So 30 days has now gone by. Now I'm looking here. You've got beer, ale, 62 to 72 degrees, two to three weeks. Lager, 55 to 60 degrees, two to three weeks. Now the term lager actually, lagering is aging at cold temperature. Aging so at cold temperature. A lager you'd ferment at 55, 50, 57 for two to three weeks, and then you would lager it for up to three months. And that's actually the process of lagering is about... 35 degrees and you maintain that for for two to three months and that actually clears the flavor it clears the beer out for clarity so lagers are longer ales about 30 days absolutely for so, home brewers ales are a lot yeah. easier lagers, a lot lagers easier. require um, a lot more patience too correct so 
30 days have gone by with your ale, your mm -hmm. home-brewed ale. Now what do you do? comes out of the fermenter. So you put it into another container that's also sterilized. Uh, you add a set amount of sugar, and then you, you put add it what now? A set amount of sugar, uh, okay. depending on how much carbonation you want. So this is this point, the yeast is still alive. Okay. So you put it in another bucket, you add sugar, and then you put it into each bottle and cap it. Okay. And what that sugar does, the yeast will eat that sugar inside the bottle and creating CO2. Okay. And it'll naturally carbonate, carbonate inside of the bottle. All right. And then? You wait about two weeks, if even a week and a half, and you put it in your fridge and you enjoy your nice tasty beverage. Certainly a unique hour between pontificating about the demise of commie pinko bastard Fidel Castro and obviously looking at some great beers that we enjoyed during Cigar Oktoberfest. Hour number two is around the corner. We will continue our encore presentation of highlights from Bourbon Heritage Month. We'll be talking with Luke Davidson from Maine Craft Distillers, Philip McDaniel, the CEO founder of St. Augustine Distillery, and a great tasting of some American whiskeys with Sommelier Dave. Don't forget, this coming Wednesday, November 30th, it is Cigar Day primetime live televised broadcast from Burn by Rocky Patel down in Naples, CigarDave.com. For more info, Hour 2 is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN. The Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Very much hope that you had a magnificent Thanksgiving day and Thanksgiving weekend. Lots of turkey, lots of great cigars and libations, of course, spending it with friends and family. First hour, we celebrated the demise of Fidel Castro. Adios, mofo. This hour, we will present an encore presentation of highlights from Bourbon Heritage Month. We talk with Luke Davidson of Maincraft Distillers, Phil McDaniel, the founder CEO of St. Augustine Distillery, great new double oak bourbon they release. And we'll celebrate some great American whiskey tastings with Sommelier Dave. Don't forget, this coming Wednesday, November 30th, we have a special televised edition, Cigar Dave Primetime, from Rocky Patel Burn down in Naples with Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai. All the details at CigarDave.com. You can watch it online, on your phone, and on YouTube Live. I'm at Maincraft Distilling with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor in their tasting lounge. How does that sound, Luke? Sounds good. It's a little bit of, uh, we like to say, a little bit of the barn came into the city here. This is our, our pretty low-key tasting room that we uh, like to sort of let people know about how we do our thing and 
and give them a little bit of taste of Maine while they're doing it. Well, what I love is the fact that it's smack dab right in the distillery. So, you know, to the left, I'm looking at the barrels full of whiskey and rum, and then I see the fermenters in the back, and you've got Frankenstill right behind here. So you've got all the different bottles. So it's a very, very quaint, very cool uh, tasting room. Yeah, you hear the production going on right now. But, yeah, we like we're transparent about what we do. We want everyone to know that we use real grain, that we really make our products right here, and we want to talk about how we do it. Uh, not uncommon in the craft spirits world is uh, people bring in a lot of spirits that aren't made by them and call it their whiskey, their whatever, and uh, we don't do that. We bring in uh, you know, grain and we turn it into our product. Yeah, we've talked about that the last few years, that as the explosion in whiskey, everyone's saying they, they make their own whiskey on premises, their own distillery, and we found that's not the case. But everything is done right here, and as we look from left to right here, I want to do a little tour here. Actually, I'll let you pick if you want to start with the vodkas and then, or what do you want to start with? Yeah, we always start, I like to give people a little sort of a taste tour, we call it, and uh, we start with our clearer spirits that are more, uh, less full in flavor, let's say, and got more, um, and we work our way through to the, the more full flavors. Uh, this is our um, uh, barley spirit, we call it. It's in essence a white whiskey. It's the most refined product we make. It's uh, straight barley, period. That's all we make. Is uh, I mean, all we use to make this is just barley. So we, we ferment the barley, as you saw over in that vat, same vat, in fact. Um, and then we distill it three times instead of four. And then we charcoal filter it. So it gets a really malty, it, it, it displays the flavor and profile of the main grain really well. Um, we call it a barley spirit because I, I think the white, word white whiskey can scare some people off. It doesn't represent exactly what it is but it is full of flavor. So we decided to call it a barley spirit. We can't call it a vodka because we don't distill it to the right um, alcohol content. Uh, we don't want to. Um, so we, we, we distill this um, to about 170% and then we cut it down to uh, 90 proof. So this would not be considered a moonshine. No. Uh, so this is basically not what goes into the barrels before becoming whiskey. We take it one more distillation and then we filter it through charcoal. So it adds a whole other level of, uh, of refinement that wouldn't come from the whiskey. When you age something, a lot of those things that we look for as refinement are happen because of the age. Things compound, some of the less desirables drop out of the liquid, other things like that. And so, um, But when you don't age it, you have to do something to get it out of there. Either keep stilling it or filtering it or both. And that's what we do for this product. Okay, so we'll give that a try. And again, that is called the Black Cap Barley Spirit. So not really a vodka, but in the vodka category, we'd say? In essence, we, as far as the TTB is concerned, no. It's not a vodka or even in the category. You'll get some vanillas, some oh, malty. Got a tremendous amount of aroma on the nose. Yeah. You get vanillas. Uh, I even think some caramels. Um, definitely malty profile. Um, so in a vodka world, this one doesn't work. But I will say European-style vodkas do are like this. In Russia, we have a person that's from Russia that comes in at least once a month and buys four or five bottles. It's just like her homeland vodka, she said. In fact, she brought back a bunch to a big vodka off at, in Russia with her family, and they all brought vodkas from all over where they were, and we won. Cause it was, there so, you go. Yeah. Well, the aroma is just incredible on here. You're right. The vanillas, just very aromatic. Not what I would think from you know a neutral spirit. So let me take a taste. Say cheers. Wow. That is definitely not in the vodka category. That, to me, is... It's, to me, it just tastes like a, almost like an aperitif. 
This has a lot of flavor to it, a little bit of sweetness. It's kind of almost like a Sambuca without the, the, um, yeah. the licorice. But I mean, I could call this a, this would be, to me, if I told somebody this is like a barley moonshine, I could get away with well, it. Yeah, no, that, but mean, it's very, very good. In essence, it is. It's a refined moonshine for sure. That is phenomenal. I mean, that is, I have to tell you that that with a cigar, a mild cigar, or a medium Connecticut-wrapped cigar, would go phenomenally. This would be, put this in a snifter, and you're good to go. With an ice cube, fantastic. Yeah, one ice cube, maybe, if you want to dress it up, hit it with a twist of lime, a lemon in it, and uh, you got something special. Now, next up, you're going to go back to the history of Portland with some of your rum. This is called Tashtego. Yes, indeed. So, we've got a bit of a Moby Dick theme going here. We like to think of rum as a sailor's drink, um, at least some historical part to that being sailor's drinks. So, we kind of have a theme going... Uh, uh, with our three rums, um, we started over with our aged rum, which is called the Ration Ration Rum. So uh, in the old days, rums were uh, they were doled out small amounts every day in the ration. Uh, then we have the two Moby Dick references. Tashtiga was a harpooner in Moby Dick, um, and so we we thought that this would be a great way to bring the story alive and show some nice classic. We call this a Cuban style white rum. It's direct fire still, so you get a bit of a smoky flavor, not maybe smoky, but a, a roasted quality to it. There's, again, more vanilla and caramel, glycerol. It's not um, your typical white rum, but it's exceptional as well. And I notice you don't really have, the main craft distilling is relatively small. You have it on the, on the uh, label, but not overly prominent compared to the, the brand of the particular spirit. Well, we decided to go um, put our, our house brand uh, second to our individual brands for lots of reasons. Um, it allows us to go into a market uh, with just one product or several. It was, a, it was a strategic concept that we put together. So this is the Tashtigo White Rum Molasses Based. 100% uh, super fancy molasses is the grade. Um, it's basically table molasses that we get actually source it through Canada. It's a Central American molasses. Uh, basically, it's it's uh, super fancy molasses is uh, sugar, uh, cane juice and molasses combined, so that it um, has a lot of sweetness. All right, and this is eighty proof. I'll say, cheers. Some nice warmth, very smooth. That's very pleasant. Makes a great mojito. I was just gonna say because you said Cuban style. Mojito. You can never go wrong with a mojito, especially down in my neck of the woods in Florida. That is a, and you know what I, I, I say, that is a drink, you know, even here up uh, in, in Maine, in the Northeast, anywhere in the country in the summer, it's a cool, refreshing poolside drink. You can never go wrong. The only problem is they taste so sweet and they're so refreshing, you want to drink a pitcher of them. And if you do, you better be careful. Exactly. And that's the problem with rum. If you drink too much rum, it is a headache in the future. There's no doubt. But this is very, very smooth. So the white rum, mmm. Very, very pleasant, a little bit of sweetness, very nice. Now next, you have a dark rum, a brown rum. Indeed. So it's an aged rum. Uh, we, uh, my definition of rums, I think it's pretty much common throughout. There's dark rums and there's aged rums. Dark rums are often with molasses or sweetener added back to them to give them the dark quality, um, whereas an aged rum, the brown that you see in this bottle is actually imparted by the barrel itself. So the only color you see in this is from the barrel. It picks up a lot of barrel qualities, um, and there's a real uh, sort of rustic, we like the rustic quality of this. This is a bit like, a, again, a sailor's rum, or a, some would joke as a pirate's rum. It's got a lot of nice, full flavor. Um, if you like whiskey, we always say this is a nice um, complement to that flavor. Um, it, it makes a great cocktail. We often substitute um, 
this into um, whiskey cocktails, and it really adds a neat sort of profile that's different. So it's the same as the Tashtigo, but it's aged in whiskey barrels. Precisely. And we do finish it at a higher proof when we do that, um, just because I like to think that rum um, should have a, a bit more strength to it, particularly aged rums, flavor-wise. So um, we do take the white rum and just put it in a barrel, in essence. Literally take the same product put it in a barrel. Definitely can get the oakiness on the nose here. I will say cheers. Wow. That definitely, you can tell the difference. A little bit more spiciness, a little bit crisper, a little bit of warmth, but very, very nice. That You can definitely tell the difference. I would say, again, this could be used, this ration rum could be a sipping rum. You can put it in a snifter, have it with a nice cigar, Maduro, medium-flavored cigar. Whereas the Tashtego, I'd probably put that in, uh, as you said, a mojito or some other mixed spirit, mixed cocktail. Yeah, I agree. All right, now I see you've got the 50-stone whiskey. We're going to hold on to that. I wanted, that's going to be the, the grand finale. And, and by the way, I can see you had two security guards actually bring that bottle over and secure that because that is, uh, that is contraband. Indeed. Talking with Luke Davidson, the founder and proprietor of Maine Craft Distilling in Portland, Maine. The Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Flight Line is set for Saturday, February 4th, 2017 at Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Diamond Crown Cigars as they introduce the new Diamond Crown Black Diamond. Enjoy an enormous Alpha Male Buffet, great libations including Woodford Reserve, Craft Beer, Alpha Male Camaraderie, and Diamond Crown Cigars. Tickets for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line are on sale now. Don't wait. Get them at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. On a daily basis, our personal rights, freedoms, and privileges are being taken away by the government by the people who don't want us to enjoy the fine things in life. Cigars. Guess what? Socialism stinks, cigars don't. So in order to celebrate life, we decided to release the freedom. This great cigar from Nicaragua has tones of coffee, spice, pepper, with a great underlying sweetness. It's got a beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, fillers from different parts of Nicaragua, and guess what? It's priced very fairly. So go out and celebrate the fine things in life and enjoy your freedom by lighting up a Rocky Patel freedom. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. This is the General. Have a special announcement. We will conduct a special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, a televised edition of the Cigar Dave Show. It will be Cigar Dave Primetime this coming Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time from Burn by Rocky Patel down in Naples. We will have Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, other guests as we come to you from the magnificent Rocky Patel Burn Lounge. Again, it is this coming Wednesday, November 30th. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Go to CigarDave.com for info on how to view. You'll be able to view on your mobile device, 
online at CigarDave.com as well as YouTube Live. Just head over to CigarDave.com. We'll have all the details for you. Again, Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition, Wednesday, November 30th. 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Join us. Okay, people. We've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado. Got a 91 rating. Plus, it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. All right, we will continue our encore presentation on this Thanksgiving Day weekend as we continue with Bourbon Heritage Month highlights. But first, a couple of big events I want to tell you about. First up, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, November 30th, it is Cigar Dave Primetime, a primetime edition of the Cigar Dave Show as we venture down to Burn by Rocky Patel, great cigar lounge down in Naples, Florida, the headquarters of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars will be joined by Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai. We will have a fantastic time. That I can guarantee you live right from Burn. It is a televised broadcast of Cigar Dave Primetime. Go to CigarDave.com. We'll have all the links on how to watch. You can watch on your mobile devices. You'll be able to watch on your Roku through YouTube Live. You'll be able to watch on any smart TV. It'll be on multiple stream platforms. So you're going to want to watch that 7 p.m. Eastern time this coming Wednesday, November 30th. Cigar Dave, primetime live from Burn by Rocky Patel in Naples. Now, Saturday, February 4th, we made the big announcement last week. It is Cigar Dave's Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line from Shelter Aviation at Tampa International Airport in the Cigar City. We will be in Hangar 1A. Giant doors will be open overlooking the flight line. We'll see planes coming in. There'll be planes behind us that you'll be able to walk through jets and prop planes. Some very cool birds. And you will have a great time from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. When you walk in the door, you'll get a special Cigar Dave briefcase with a Cigar Dave logo that'll have a bottle of Cooper's Craft 750 milliliter. Five great cigars from J.C. Newman, including the new Diamond Crown Black Diamond. We'll have samples of great spirits from Jack Daniels and Cooper's Craft and Woodford Reserve Old Forster. Craft beers from Dunedin Brewing. We'll have a great time live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. Saturday, February 4th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line. In Tampa, go to CigarDave.com now for info and tickets. Makes a great holiday gift. Now, let's go to St. Augustine Distillery with Phil McDaniel. All right, well, I've got the St. Augustine Distillery Florida Double Cast Bourbon in my hand. And we've been talking about it. I've been looking at it. I'm salivating now. So (laughs) I'm going to open up this beautiful bottle. And we have pictures that we have posted. Let me get rid of the protective plastic film on the very top of the cap. I'm going to open this up. 
Wow, the aroma is incredible. Not overpowering, but very, very pleasant. Notes of almost like a almost like a little mapley type of aroma. Let mm -hmm. me pour this in the glass here. And what I'm looking at, this definitely is has a beautiful brownish, caramel-colored uh, brown hue to it. Very, very nice. Nice viscosity to it. Just swirling it in the glass here. Wow, incredible aroma on the uh, on the nose. Mm. All right, without any further delay, Philip, I'm going to say cheers. Cheers, I got one with you. All right, let me take a sip here. I cannot wait. Wow. Nice warmth on the way down. Nice notes towards the back of the palate, back of the tongue. Definitely some citrus notes to me. Mm -hmm. Almost a little bit of... Um, a little bit of a spice, but very, very nice. Very pleasant. Not a lot of bite. Definitely warmth, but not overpowering. Very, very nice. I mean, considering this is between, what did you say, probably 16 to 24 months on average in the barrels? In Well, there's 16 months in the new barrel, and then in the second barrel, it's there anywhere from you know 10 to 14 months. So on average, the spirit's been in wood for at least two to two and a half years. Yeah, this is magnificent. It's worth the wait. No question about it. How many bottles of the St. Augustine Distillery Florida Double Cask is being released on the first run here? Well, the first release, we had 4,500 bottles out, and that was uh, in our gift shop, and those um, sold out in, uh, that was our allotment for September, and uh, those sold out in about three days. The balance now, we've, we've just shipped to breakthrough, um, I think, 300 cases, so there's another... 1,800 bottles that's out in the community. We've got a little bit left in our October allotment. We actually advanced that to September to satisfy uh, the initial demand. So we'll be uh, we'll be out of stock at the distillery probably in about 10 days, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead at that point in the end of in the end of October, early November, we'll be able to release you know some additional spirits. So I personally like it. You know, I, I, the two two fingers basically in one ice cube. Uh, and just let that ice melt. And if you get a chance, you know, take just a small amount of ice and, you know, put it in your uh, put it in your Glencairn glass for 20 seconds, and then uh, and then try it. It completely opens it up, and it's a very very easy sipping, uh, you know, bourbon. Well, I'm going to try that because uh, I do have my Glencairn glass. That's always what I test uh, various whiskeys in. And I'm mm -hmm. going to take one of my ice balls and just stick yep. it right in there. About there 20 go. seconds, put a splash on top of it, and I'm sure that'll uh, impart a very unique uh, flavor and a nice balance, nice mixture. But just straight up, just neat. Very, very nice. Not overpowering in any Thank way, you. shape, or form. And, Phil, just lastly, so sure. the double cask bourbon will be available on a regular basis yeah, after uh, starting probably year. after the first of the year. Yeah, start. I would say during the first two or three weeks of January, we'll be will be you know much more broadly distributed. Uh, we are carried by a Breakthrough, as you so kindly mentioned earlier. Um, those guys have done a fabulous job. We're in um, almost all of the ABCs, Totals, uh, Publix, uh, Winn Dixie's, and, and many of the independent you know package stores. Well, and we've got a nationwide and international audience. So for those of you, those are retailers that are in the state of Florida. So you'll have to come down to the Sunshine State, and it's not a bad time to come down here between November, usually in about March or April, and when you do. The St. Augustine Distillery, not far from Jacksonville at all. It's a very, very uh, quick drive, not far from Orlando as well. It is definitely worth the time. St. Augustine is a very quaint, very historic city, 
So Phil McDaniel, the CEO, co-founder of St. Augustine Distillery, it has been a delight to have you on. Next time I'm up in St. Augustine, I will call you and we will have a, uh, a sip of the, or a glass of the double cast bourbon together right at the distillery. Well, we can do that, and I'll also turn you on to some of our port finish that we've got in barrel now. We've partnered with the uh, San Sebastian Winery right around the corner from us, and they make a spectacular port wine. And so in November or December, we're going to have a very limited release of that uh, port uh, port bourbon, uh, port finished bourbon, and it's going to be even better. So uh, please come back, and it'll, it'll be my honor to pour you a glass. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. This is The General, inviting you to join me for a day of absolute alpha male pleasure maneuvers. It's the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, from Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa. Our day will begin at 10 a.m. You'll get five great cigars from J.C. Newman and Diamond Crown, including the brand new Black Diamond, a full, scrumptious alpha male lunch buffet. You will get samplings from Dunedin Brewing, great craft beers, and incredible Spirits tastings from Jack Daniels, including the Jack Daniels Sinatra, Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Cooper's Craft, and many more. You'll get a Cigar Dave embroidered briefcase. It's a great day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Tickets are all VIP and all-inclusive. Go to CigarDave.com for info and tickets. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa. Go to CigarDave.com now for info and tickets. CigarDave.com. Buy your tickets now. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. As we continue with our encore presentation of Bourbon Heritage Month highlights, in late September, we conducted a tasting of 16 different bourbons and American whiskeys in two hours. I don't know how we did it, but we did. We will get to that part of that segment in just a moment. But two big uh, items this coming Wednesday, November 30th, special Cigar Dave primetime televised edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We come to you from Burn by Rocky Patel, a lounge down in Naples, Florida, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You'll be able to watch it on multiple devices. Go to CigarDave.com for all the info. And just another reminder, great holiday gift coming up. Yesterday was Black Friday. One of the gifts you can get for your loved one, your alpha, is a ticket to the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line from Shelter Aviation in the Cigar City of Tampa. An entire day of alpha male maneuvers, including great spirits, great libations, great cigars as we launch the new Diamond Crown 
Black Diamond, and of course, a live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. Great delicacies, CigarDave.com for info and tickets for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, February 4th, 2017, in the Cigar City of Tampa. Next up, we're going to come down to the uh, Cigar City area. We've got, uh, and the Sunshine State, we've got a couple of different whiskeys that we are going to sample. The first one comes from right across the bay, Tampa Bay, in St. Petersburg, the Old St. Pete Distillery, and it is called Old St. Pete Sweet Corn Whiskey. Their small batch sweet corn whiskey. This is batch number seven, bottle number 225 that I purchased a while back. I'm going to open that up. And the aroma, first of all, you can smell the corn. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we should say, in Sommelier Dave, before anything becomes bourbon or aged whiskey, it starts off as either white dog, white lightning. It's sure. corn whiskey. It's basically yeah, it's, whiskey. It's, it's a moonshine, which essentially is the you take the distillate, the juice after yeah, all the fermentation it goes in a barrel. before yeah after it's yeah. been distilled before it goes in a barrel Correct. to age. Now there's been some very good white dog. Or, or white corn whiskeys that have been introduced that are very sweet, that mm-hmm. don't have that real moonshine, white lightning, Correct. you know, sizzle and You and know, hit. one, it's in your neck of the woods from back home is uh, Hudson. Over in, they, yeah, up in, uh, up, well, up, I would say by the capital region of Albany. Right, Tuttleton they do Spirits. a white corn. Yeah. That's bourbon. correct, which is very good. And so does Buffalo Trace, yes, which is do. pretty good. And it doesn't have a lot of heat, but you get a lot of that sweetness before it goes into the barrel and you start getting that. So people say, well, what, what does it taste like before it goes in the barrel? And the answer is Here either is. white lightning or corn whiskey, very sweet. And many, there are some distilleries, that's all they make. Correct. And it's a very popular form of spirit, yeah. mostly for mixing. Mm-hmm. Actually, White Dog from Buffalo Trace, they also have a set of experimentals that you can mix them and put them in a barrel and make your own bourbon. So they have a kit. Very cool. Nice. So, yeah. You can do that. The problem is, if I were to put something in a barrel, I'd want to taste it like the next day. I wouldn't want to wait three, two years, six months. You know, I've got that urge. But what's very interesting is the temperature here in Florida. If you age whiskey in small barrels, I've got a friend of mine that's done this where, again, same thing. He, got, yep. mm-hmm. he was able to get the corn whiskey, got some small barrels made, charred small barrels. I'm talking like 5 to 10 gallon barrels. Mm-hmm. They actually barrels. make three of them, 2.5, 5, and a 10. Right. And we've done it at some of our Corona locations. Right, and he actually keeps it in his garage. But what happens is the maturation process and the wood, it's so warm, and you've got just that wood that's just in constant contact and motion on those smaller barrels, it really ages very, very mm-hmm. quickly. So he told me when he does it in a two-and-a-half to five, sometimes three months yes. in the summer, it's he's good to, to go. go. Yeah, if yeah. he keeps it in longer than that, he said it's almost undrinkable, but he moves it to a bigger one, then he'll move it to a cooler part of his house. <clears throat> right. But one of the things that you can do if you live in the northern portions of the country where you're above sea level, where you have basements, mm-hmm. in the summer you can actually go ahead and take that barrel, Correct. keep it in your garage, and then in the winter Bring move it down, it down into yeah. your basement. And mm-hmm. it gets down into 40, 50, 60 degrees, and you got some really interesting mm-hmm. taste going on there. So the old St. Pete whiskey, this is uh, made from their sweet corn grown nearby here in the Sunshine State, distilled in copper stills, aged in oak barrels. But you are telling me, Tommy, that they actually use, they mix it with some other yes. different whiskeys. Yeah. I don't know the percentage, but they do. All right. so Some, some older ones. All right. Well, we'll give it a shot here. It's nice. Kind of an interesting-looking retro mm-hmm. bottle. Uh, we'll take a picture, and we'll have that up. So I will say 
Whoops. Cheers. Very smooth on the nose. Yeah, I got a little bit of spice but, in that. Right on the tip of the mm -hmm. palate. Well, you can tell the corn in there. Mm -hmm. There is no, it's still young. You mm -hmm. can tell. Mm -hmm. You can taste that corn. So, how do you, Dave? I like it. It's got that Sweet. little bit of spice, sweetness, mm -hmm. which I enjoy mm -hmm. uh, for, I'm sure it's mar moderately priced. It's um, early evening cocktail, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think they get, uh, I'm trying to think what they get in here for a bottle of this. It's probably under $30. I think they may get a little more I than that. I think it's more than that. I think it's about Is 30 it? Yeah, I think yeah. it's about $30, $35, somewhere mm -hmm. in that neck of the woods. But you can absolutely taste the, the sweet corn. It's very, very perceptible, very noticeable. And for those of you that have never had a straight corn whiskey, if you go to a bar and has it, taste it. Get right. a shot, just sip it, and you can really get the feel how the... How it starts off and then how it changes being mm -hmm. in a barrel for umpteen years. But not bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, not bad. This is the kind of thing that you could certainly mix with something. You want something a little on the sweeter side. Mm -hmm. They mm. do uh, whiskey in Winter Park now, too. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah, they just got the uh, distributor, too. I didn't realize yeah. that. Now we're going to move into last week we had Phil McDaniel, the master distiller and, and co-owner. All right. He's not the master distiller. He's the founder and CEO of St. Augustine Distillery. He had the opportunity to visit up there and very hospitable. And I am one of the first people in the nation that was able to secure a bottle of the yes, St. Augustine were. Florida Double Cast Bourbon. When I came in, Samadhi, Dave, and showed it to you, what did shocked. you say to me? Where did you get that? Where did you, and I, said, <laughs> I don't even have that. And what was my answer? Where do I get it? Who are you talking to? Yeah. You're talking to a five-star Alpha male and global general. Do you, you think I don't have connections everywhere? You're talking to me. Listen, I'm not a beta that says, um, whenever you can get it in the next few years, I'll be happy to take a bottle. No, front of the line for this five-star baby. You were Literally, fun. when it came in to Breakthrough Beverages here in Tampa, yeah. I got the bottle. I guess I shouldn't have been on vacation this week. You I should have been have, at the warehouse you waiting. You should have been waiting. So this is very, very unique. And let's talk about this a little bit, Samadier Dave. Because when we talked to Phil McDaniel last week, talked about how when they opened three years ago, one of the first things mm -hmm. they did for the first three, four months, they actually made the corn whiskey mm -hmm. and they started putting it in barrels. Mm -hmm. They put it in smaller barrels, then they moved them to the 53-gallon barrels. And the whiskey is anywhere between 16, this first release, 16 to about 28, 30 months. Correct. So again, they have to say the minimum age, 16, but much of it is older than that. Mm -hmm. But looking at that bottle, I mean, it is it's, certainly it's magnificent. beautiful bottle. It shows quality. It's high uh, shoulder profile. It's delicious looking color to the whiskey itself. Very well done. It's going to look like 60% corn, 22% malted barley, 18% wheat. So it has a real nice round for your palate. And no rhinus. So you're not going to get that sizzle, no. but you're going to get a little bit of that, of that uh, spiciness from the barrel, starting with the 25-gallon barrel. Then they move it into the 53-gallon barrel. And they've got another release coming out in November, October, November. But this stuff, I mean, literally about 85% of their production, 80% is sold right through the right St. Here. Augustine Distillery, yes. then Breakthrough Beverage in Florida is the mm -hmm. exclusive distributor. And you get uh, a limited amount to sell to some hotels and retailers, but it's going to go quick. Now, I'm going to have you pour some of that. 93.8 proof. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. When we asked Phil about that, he said, you know, we tried it at 94, we tried it at 92, tried it at 95. It was that 93.8 that just gave it the right amount of flavor and on the nose. So double, they call it the double cast because it goes into mm -hmm. two barrels, a small and a big one. 
It's wonderful aroma. It's really delicious. Some chocolate. You get a little caramel, some dark fruit on this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Let me pour this into my special tasting glass, swirl it around, and I will say cheers. Should be relatively complex, a little spicy. That is nice. That, wow. Big difference. Big difference. From the We're not as much of that corn. You're definitely getting more of that oakiness, but not overpowering. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, it's... They did a nice job with that. We've been waiting for this to come out. You'll probably be able to order it this week or beginning of next week. And, and what locker does that stay in, Tommy? In your locker. <laughs> locker 1A here 1A. at Davidoff of Geneva, yeah. uh, store and lounge in the Cigar City. In fact, Jeff early on said, General, what locker number do you want? And I looked at him and I said, <laughs> what kind of a question is that? You never have your key, though. That's right, because generals don't carry keys. We have XOs that carry you got keys, it. so you are my XO. I am your key. I, I, say, I summon Tommy. I go, Tommy, locker 1A, please. Open me up. Open Sesame, and, Jeff, and he does. And Jeff likes to support the local distilleries. Yeah. Palm Ridge, yep. we, we bought a barrel from Palm mm-hmm. Ridge, nice. and they do their whiskey out of a cower. So Jeff does buy barrels from the local guy. We should take you up. Yeah. You know, go see Phil, mm-hmm. possibly create a barrel yeah. for you up at We, we uh, will fire St. up Alpha Army 1, and we'll yeah. have to make the trek. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting talking about, and we'll try a little bit of that later. That's a relatively young whiskey, so it's not aged, uh, I think, more than, what, six months? Yeah, it's, it's uh, young. Yeah, it's young. It's young. But this is, I'll tell you, the St. Augustine double cask bourbon, very nice. They got a winner on their hands. And now what they're doing is they're getting into a production mode and aging them. So now they're going to be able to release mm-hmm. on a regular basis the beginning of the year. But we'll definitely have to go up and see Phil McDaniel. Just sent me an email saying that uh, Adam Putnam, who could be the next governor of Florida, the agriculture commissioner, yeah. uh, had some nice comments about uh, St. Augustine Distillery. And he said, General, you got to get up here. We're going to be doing <coughs> some tasting, and I need you up here. So we will absolutely do that. We have got now... Theoretically, only four to go. We've got the Dry Fly Washington Wheat, the High West Double Rye, the Rough Stock Montana Straight Rye, and in honor of Buffalo Bills head coach Rex Ryan, we have pulled out the old blowhard in his honor. So when we come back, we'll try those. Lieutenants, the final and concluding segment of this edition, this special bourbon and American whiskey tasting edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay, or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition. 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. This is the General. Have a special announcement. We will conduct a special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, a televised edition of the Cigar Dave Show. It will be Cigar Dave Primetime this coming Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time from Burn by Rocky Patel down in Naples. We will have Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai, other guests as we come to you from the magnificent Rocky Patel Burn Lounge. Again, it is this coming Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It is Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Go to CigarDave.com for info on how to view. You'll be able to view on your mobile device, online at CigarDave.com, as well as YouTube Live. Just head over to CigarDave.com. We'll have all the details for you. Again, Cigar Dave Primetime Televised Edition, Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. This Wednesday, join us. Tell you a story about the house running blue. I come home one Friday, had to tell the landlady I done lost my job. She said that don't confront me, long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday I come, I didn't get the rent, and out the door I went. So I goes to the landlady. I said, you let me slide. All right, final segment as we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month, celebrating bourbons and American whiskeys. We have so far sampled, let's see, 14 magnificent spirits. We've got left in this segment the Dry Fly Washington Wheat, the High West Double Rye from Utah, the Rough Stock Montana Straight Rye, and we go into bonus session overtime, the old blowhard. So next up is the Dry Fly Washington Wheat. Interesting story. They're in Spokane, Washington. Not Spokane, Spokane, Washington. We've had uh, Master Distiller Kent Fleischman on with us. All local ingredients around Washington. They use the purest form of craft distilling, and they use, they use uh, unique Christian Carl pot stills manufactured in Goppingen, Germany with multiple rectification columns. <clears throat> State-of-the-art. They make vodka, gin, whiskeys, and bourbons. And this is their Washington Wheat Straight Whiskey. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is what we will sample right now. 100% local soft white wheat. Distilled twice in traditional American whiskey style. Aged a minimum of three years in new 53-gallon American oak barrels with a number three char. And that's what we will sample right now. And the aroma... Very sweet, very mellow, mm -hmm. not overly powerful. And the wheat's going to be relatively tame. Let's say cheers. Wow, that is smooth. There's no bite, bite whatsoever. That's light. It's that wheat. It is light. It, it is definitely light, but it's tasty. Again, very approachable. You can put this in a snifter. It goes with a nice right. mild medium cigar, and you are good to go. Samadhi, Dave, your thoughts? I think it's really delicious. I think what you've paired up here with the cigar selection today has worked very well. Because there is no bite, it's not taken away from 
the flavor of the cigar. It's They're blending together. Now, they also have their Straight Washington Bourbon 101, their Port Finish Wheat Whiskey, which I'm sure is very unique. Their Try to Kale Whiskey and their Cast Strength Wheat Whiskey, which I'm sure is a little wow. bit bolder. But I'll tell you, what's unique, they, they, they use the wheat from Washington, mm -hmm. different expression, so not corn. You don't have that necessarily sweetness, but it's very tame, very mellow, mm -hmm. very nice. I'll tell you something. This is the kind of thing that I think that you could marinate some nice meats sure. in. I think would be a very nice, mm -hmm. you could make a sauce with this. This is just kicking neither sip here. It's so nice. Mm. That is very smooth. Very, very nice. I'd say that's another five-star selection. You can't go wrong with that. Nice looking <coughs> bottle, too. Now, Samani Day, we're going to go out to Utah. Here we go, Park The City. home of multiple wives, where the High West <laughs> Double Rye. Now, High West, I believe, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they buy some of their yes. distillate from MGP? And yes. there was a controversy there as well. Mm -hmm. But that being said, rye was the original spirit, the original grain used back in colonial times in the mm -hmm. United States, or back in the, in the colonies. And rye has very spicy notes, just like the rye yes, on a rye do. bread, but it's got very spicy notes, very peppery, very different than corn and wheat. So what they're doing is they're using two different rye contents. First one is a two-year-old, which is a combination of 95% rye and 5% barley. And then they're using the second batch of rye, which is a 16-year-old. It's going to be 53% rye. 37% corn, and that corn will give it a little bit of caramel sweetness flavor profile. Bring it all together, maturation, blended, and this is what you get, the double rye. All right, we will say cheers on that. Nostrovia. Now, the aroma on that, very peppery. Yeah, rye. Wow, you can really tell that tang. It's got a lot of zing. A lot of tang, very zesty on the palate. But it's, a, it's got a sweet undertone, too. It does. Take another sip. But it's yeah. powerful. That yeah. just went right to the back of my throat. Yeah, that definitely is not for someone that wants a no. mild-flavored whiskey. That's somebody that wants full-flavored, a lot of warmth on these. Cigar Dave, warm factor, that's a nice 9.2. Yeah, we're selling a lot of this because there are, is that group of people mm. out there who want something yeah. big, bold, chewy. And it's not a bad thing that they were buying juice. No. Because in the beginning, how many they people, didn't have enough right. to make. How can how, people can't afford to get started with just doing white spirits? Well, so, look at Bullet. I mean, he yeah. sold he, right. he sold to Diageo for, Ever. you know, somewhere in the areas above fifty million, yeah. from what I heard. Built a brand on that with a BS cockamamie mm -hmm. story about his great great grandfather. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, unique packaging, prohibition right. packaging, unique story, and the the bourbon was good. The whiskey is good, and MGP people forget they have huge stocks of things right. and they can blend different things so in and of itself remember that was the Seagram's factory yes. back in the day they made some great yes. spirits there I, I think the rub was that people felt they were being conned because it wasn't craft yeah. and, and I think if people would have been honest saying look we source from one of the large distilleries that is, that's got whiskeys that have been aging for many many years we <laughs> add our touch to it we finish them in certain barrels i don't think people would have had a problem with it Correct. i really don't actually four roses was making his bourbon and the rye was made at the uh the seagrams that's exactly correct early on yep all right so next up we're going to take this one is which uh right here no no, no we, we already did the breckenridge we're moving to a different one now we're actually going to that's all right i'll tell you what i'll take we're a clean to, glass oh, oh, no, 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 no 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 we're going to the rough stock montana straight rye whiskey. They're in Bozeman, Montana. 
I actually was able to get a small little dram. In fact, Samani Dave, if you <coughs> give me a, a little cup there, perfect. That's all I need. Fantastic. I'm going to pour a little for Tommy here. Samani Dave, I'm going to yeah. you take this one. Take that one. All right. And I'm going to take this. We're going to take a little bit of sip of that. All right. Now, let me tell you about this. Hasn't been a distillery in Montana for over 100 years. So some people got together, and they ended up with creating a distillery. And it is called the Rough Stock Distillery, Bozeman, Montana. And they use many locally sourced ingredients. They want a fuller flavored spirit. And what we're sampling now is sticking with the, the rye theme, the Rough Stock Montana straight rye. They also make a pure malt whiskey. They've got a black label whiskey, a bourbon whiskey, a spring wheat whiskey, but we've got the straight rye, which is exactly what we're going to enjoy today. The prominent grain used back in colonial times, that's what Manhattans were made from. The aroma, some nice spice, little pumpkin, little orange peel. I will say cheers. Take a sip here of the Rough Stock Montana Straight Rye Whiskey. Pretty tasty. Whoa. That's got some major, major Flavor. zest on the way oh, down. Yeah. What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, it's got a lot of spice in it. Yeah. How yeah, old is it? How old is this one? Uh, doesn't, it doesn't say. No, uh, no that's this the old blowhard, Somalia, Dave. You're, oh. That's the wrong one. This is, this is the, the Rough Stock. doesn't say. And one of the things they talk about is they don't really mention the right. aging, because they said that has nothing to do with the taste, depending on how it's fermented and so on. But I will tell you this. I, I'd be very interested to try some of Rough Stock's other whiskeys. I'll tell you what. They're pure malt. I would love to try, and they're spring wheat whiskey from Montana. Hope you enjoyed our special encore presentation of selections from Bourbon Heritage Month, as well as Cigar Oktoberfest. Certainly a very interesting weekend on this Thanksgiving Day uh, holiday with Castro Adios. Didn't plan on him being gone, but we are sure thrilled that he is a reminder that next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, November 30th, Cigar Dave primetime from Rocky Patel's Lounge Burn down in Naples. You can watch on your mobile device, CigarDave.com, YouTube Live, all the details and info at CigarDave.com. That will be 7 p.m. Eastern time, Cigar Dave primetime. You won't want to miss it. Don't forget, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line, Saturday, Feb 4. Tickets and info, CigarDave.com. Brian Smith, father of Mick the Brit, rest in peace, my friend.